Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. So where did the left's war on fossil fuels begin? And why did they wage it? And AOC told us that we've got about 12 years to live a couple of years ago. So we've got, I guess, 10 left. Does that mean anything? We're going to get to all these issues and more with the guy who wrote the book, The Case for Fossil Fuels. His new book is called Fossil Future. Alex Epstein, he also previously wrote the book, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. We're going to get into some of these issues with him. Also, what can we do about rising gas prices in America? I mean, it's pretty obvious that the Biden administration wants to push people towards their green agenda, even though it's causing pain, even though it's hurting Americans, even though gas prices continue to rise. I mean, what did his energy secretary said when she was asked about rising gas prices? She said, oh, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you. They don't care about you. They don't care about reducing gas prices, energy prices. They don't care about what's good for us as humans. So we're going to get into so many of these issues with Alex Epstein, the guy who wrote the book about this. He's a knowledge expert, a subject matter expert on the issue of fossil fuels. I want him to take us to school today. We're going to get into the history of fossil fuels, how we use them as a country. So I hope at the end of this conversation, you not only have a general understanding of fossil fuels, but we all have a deep understanding of fossil fuels. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. I I hope you learn a lot. I know I did. So Alex, thanks so much for joining the show. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
So you have taken some positions with these books that we're going to get into in the conversation that are sort of against the green right now, right? Like you're basically evil if you consume fossil fuels. You're a terrible person and, you know, you want the destruction of the country and the environment and the entire world is more or less the prevailing narrative right now. How much hate do you get for taking these positions that you have and making the case for fossil fuels? I don't get enough hate yet. <laughs> and the, the reason I say that is because I think that there's a tendency among, I mean, I know that there's a tendency among opponents of fossil fuels to want to portray their position as logical, scientific, inarguable. And so what they tend to do is ignore my position because my position, I think, is clearly very logical, scientific, and hard to argue with. And so what happened with, say, the moral case for fossil fuels, my first major book on the topic in 2014, it was a New York Times bestseller. It was one of the best-selling and most influential energy books of the decade. And yet the left almost completely ignored it. Uh, And more broadly, the anti-fossil fuel movement almost completely ignored it. And I think it was because they didn't really have an answer to it. And and what we saw with the lead up to Fossil Future, which comes out May 24th, is that, say, the Washington Post, along with some other organizations, instead of actually engaging the book, they tried to run a a smear campaign accusing me of all things of racism, which is particularly bizarre since I'm an individualist. But it really shows that they're afraid of the book and that they have no way of engaging with the content of the book. Well, they'll always find a way, Alex. This is what we know. (laughs) So I I want you to take us to school today in this conversation that we're having. I I think a lot of people have a general understanding of fossil fuels, but not a deep understanding of fossil fuels. So my goal is at the end of our conversation that people have a deeper understanding of it. So if we can begin, you know, we obviously know fossil fuels are used for things like powering, you know, engines, electricity, you know, things of that nature. But take us through sort of the history of fossil fuels how we get them, what we use them for, and how reliant we are on fossil fuels in America. I mean, I'm glad you asked this, since I don't even think most people really know what fossil fuels are. And one, one way this came up that was somewhat funny is, is the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, was saying natural gas is not a fossil fuel. This was several years ago. And so it just shows we don't know much about this. So the fossil fuels just, they refer to specifically oil, coal, and natural gas. And what these things are is they're a liquid, solid, and gaseous form of what's called a hydrocarbon, which is a set of um, uh, hydrogen atoms and carbon atoms, along with some other smaller uh, concentrations of other things. And essentially what these things do is they're very, very good for generating energy because they store a large amount of chemical energy in a small amount of space, or in the case of gas, uh, a, a low amount of weight. And so when you have energy, it's really good to be able to have it in a small amount of space, among other things, because transportation Uh, really benefits from that. That's why we use oil for over 90% of the world's transportation, including things like cargo ships and airplanes that really have no other substitute. So we started using these things, really oil, uh, the the largest fuel in the world became, uh, started being used in the mid uh, 1800s. And, but the, you know, coal before that, gas after that. And the thing that these things could do that nothing else could do, and still really nothing else can do as well, is they could provide the most cost-effective energy by far. And so energy, I think of it as machine calories or machine food. It's the things that our machines eat to run. And to say cost-effective means it's low cost, it's reliable, it's versatile, so it can power every form of machine, including those cargo ships and airplanes that I mentioned, which other things can't. And then it's on a global scale, so billions of people in thousands of places. And basically what people found and what industry found is we can do this amazingly using these deposits of oil, coal, and natural gas. 
And we don't know how to do it anywhere near as well with anything else, uh, with I think the most promising thing being nuclear, because that's all also a very concentrated uh, store of energy. But we've, we've seen that the same movement, the green movement that opposes fossil fuels, is also so anti-nuclear to the point where they've really held it back by generations. And it's still generations away from replacing fossil fuels. You know, so talk about you've previously written um, the book, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, you know, arguing about fossil fuels ability to lift people out of poverty and lift countries out of poverty. Go through for the audience your moral case for fossil fuels. Sure thing. And, and I mean, that that case is really replaced and amplified in the new one uh, because I thought that it needed to be made for the future and it needed to be made better and it needs to be made with all the latest data. So, so the basic idea of that and fossil future are going to be the same. Fossil future is just much more comprehensive and current and, and focused on the future. Um, but the basic idea is that the basic idea is a method of thinking. So it says when we're evaluating this issue, what do we do about fossil fuels? We have to carefully look both at the benefits of fossil fuels and at the side effects of fossil fuels. And I argue that what we typically do is that we only look at the side effects and specifically the negative side effects, and we tend to what I call catastrophize them. So it's not to say fossil fuels don't have negative side effects, but it's one thing to say, hey, fossil fuels uh, have caused one degree of warming, and here are the negatives of that, and here are the positives of that, but also here are the positives of the energy, versus saying, you know, the world is terrible, it's unlivable, there's unprecedented everything, et cetera, et cetera. And what I found is it's just simply not true, at least so far, that we have this unprecedented negative climate damage. In fact, if you look overall, we're safer from climate than ever. So even if we've caused more droughts, say, which is dubious, um, drought-related deaths are down 99% over the last 100 years, in large part because we have the benefits of fossil fuels, such as irrigation, such as drought relief convoys, to neutralize, and I would argue, a master drought. So the basic message of the book is methodologically, you have to look carefully at the benefits and the side effects. And if you do that, you find that fossil fuels are amazingly positive, in part because their benefits can neutralize their side effects. Because fossil fuels give you energy, energy allows you to use machines, and machines allow you to do pretty much anything. So again, if you even if you made drought a little bit worse technically, your capacity to master drought would far outweigh that. And that's certainly what we've seen so far. Well, and you know, we've heard from the left, to, to some of the points you've made, we've heard from the left say, you know, look, fossil fuels are responsible for sea level, you know, and carbon emissions, all this stuff, climate, whatever. The sea levels are rising, droughts. AOC told us a couple of years ago, we've got like 12 years left so that, you know, the clock is running here. But, you, but you're making this alternative case that, no, you know, fossil fuels are the future, not sort of some of these alternatives that they're looking at, like, you know, solar and, and wind and what have you. You know, what are they what are they missing? And is it intentional? Um, yeah, the, it's really interesting. Is it an, is it intentional? So I think what they're missing are they're missing the benefits of fossil fuels, including the superior cost effectiveness of fossil fuels to the alternative, and, and especially to solar and wind, which have all sorts of issues for the foreseeable future. Now, part of the context here when we're talking about the benefits of fossil fuels is that energy is crucial for human life, particularly cost-effective energy is crucial for human life, and the vast majority of the world uses very little energy by our standards, including one statistic I like to use is that 3 billion individuals are using less electricity than one of our refrigerators. So you just think about that, like how much your refrigerator uses. And then there are people, their whole life is that. Say that number one more time for the audience. There are 3 billion individuals. So if you look at how much electricity they use, it's less than one of our refrigerators. 
So in their entire life, that's what they're using, the equivalent of a refrigerator, which means this happens in real life. Like if you have a hospital, they have to choose between having the lights on and refrigerating the vaccines and operating the instruments on the operating table. You have whole billions of people around the world who don't have reliable electricity, and so they don't have things like incubators for babies. And so when you're thinking about fossil fuels and people are talking about eliminating them, fossil fuels are 80% of the world's energy, and the world doesn't have nearly enough energy. So you asked, what, you asked something about the motive, and I think it is important to ask about the motive because you're talking about rapidly eliminating the leading source of energy in a world that needs vastly more, and nobody talks about the benefits that would be lost, even though they're enormous and they involve like the most humanitarian things imaginable. And I think ultimately, I mean, this, this is what I argue in Fossil Future. It takes a little while to get there. But is that the leaders of this movement they don't think of benefits in the same way that you or I might in terms of a pro-human way. They're not that concerned with human life. They're concerned with eliminating the impact of human life on the rest of the planet. So that's why they're so fixated on how do we get rid of fossil fuels? How do we get rid of nuclear? How do we oppose hydroelectric dams? They're so fixated on eliminating our impact versus advancing human life around the world. I think that's the only way somebody knowledgeable can ignore the benefits of fossil fuels to the extent that we see. No, I think that's a really uh, interesting and good point. You know, so but when we look at this war that the left has waged on fossil fuels and we saw with Obama, you know, the war on coal, we've seen the Biden administration essentially laugh in the faces of people struggling with gas prices saying, oh, just get an electric car, you know, whatever. But when did this war begin and why do you think it began? So there are different phases of, of the war. I mean, in a sense, there's been hostility toward fossil fuels for over a century in the sense of opposition to big business. But really the modern opposition, the idea that we need to eliminate it for the sake of, quote, the environment or the planet, that really begins in the late 60s and early 70s. And it did have consequences then. It was part of the cause of the energy crisis because guess what? There was a big pipeline Back then, this was an Alaskan pipeline. And guess who eliminated it or who stopped it for a while? It was actually Richard Nixon. So Richard Nixon interestingly stopped a pipeline and he also imposed price controls. So basically he restricted the supply and then he, he artificially lowered the price. And so he created shortages, which, by the way, is exactly what today's Democrats are doing, right? Because they're stopping a pipeline. And now this week they're talking about price controls in terms of the president should be able to say, you can't raise gasoline prices beyond this point, regardless of supply and demand. So that's an interesting parallel. But however bad it was in the 60s and 70s, it's, it's gotten much, much worse today, I think, because the, the modern anti-fossil fuel environmental movement really took over the schools, which ultimately means taking over the media as well, because the media members go to the schools. And so by the time I'm born in 1980, I think mine was the first generation really indoctrinated in this fully. You know, but my generation now is leading the media. And what we're doing is we're saying, yeah, we need to rapidly eliminate fossil fuels. That's priority number one. And it's gotten to the point where the number one goal espoused by companies, by governments, by leaders is eliminate fossil fuels rapidly. They'll often call it net zero or carbon neutral by 2050. But that just means eliminate fossil fuels very rapidly which is really scary to me because, again, they're not thinking about the benefits of fossil fuels. And their, their real focus is how do we eliminate human impact versus advancing human life? We're going to take a quick commercial break. More with Alex Epstein after the break. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. 
You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Walk through the damage on human impact if we reach some of the goals that the Biden administration and Democrats want to set out of being, oh, we're going to be, you know, carbon zero at whatever, you know, 2000, whatever. W- what's the impact of all of that on humans? I mean, if you look at the, the facts that I have in Fossil Future, you won't believe what I would say. I mean, unless you really know those facts, because it really means killing billions of people prematurely. There's simply no way of getting around that. And part of what I show is that if you look at what human life was like before we had low cost, reliable energy for a lot of people, you know, our, our average life expectancy is 30, uh, with very high death rate, very little opportunity, very low income. The planet can support very few people. And the reason is because the planet, contrary to what we're told, is not a very nice place to live. 
absent human beings being very, very productive. And to be productive, we can't just use our physical bodies. We need machines. And so when you hear these proposals to rapidly eliminate fossil fuels in a world that needs far more energy, when there is no alternative that can provide energy at today's scale, let alone the needed scale for tomorrow, that just means billions of people are going to be less productive, which means they're going to be poor which means they're going to die early. And we're already seeing this. When we talk about Green New Deal and Biden plan, like, tiny versions of this have been implemented by Europe. And look what happens to their fuel prices. Look at what happens to their security, because you start to, if you don't produce fossil fuels yourself, you depend on agents, uh, states like Russia. And we're just at the beginning. So we, we've been trying this and already we're seeing the pain of far higher prices for, uh, for fuel, far higher prices for electricity. But I just want to stress, there is no viable alternative to fossil fuels for the foreseeable future. By far, the most promising alternative is nuclear. That's still generations away from global scale. And that is also opposed by the anti-fossil fuel movement. So it's really, it's a murderous movement. Now, part of this is it won't happen. So one point I make at the end of fossil future is the whole world is not going to do this. I mean, obviously, China and India and Russia won't do it. But we won't do it either because we will cause these catastrophes getting there. But but my goal is not I don't want to just cause catastrophes and learn and not do the ultimate apocalypse. I want to actually improve America, particularly because we're in a world where China and Russia are going to avidly pursue fossil fuels. And that puts us at a strategic and ultimately existential disadvantage. Well, it isn't that kind of the, the joke of what's going on right now, that we are not doing the things in America to pr- produce you know, more oil and, and energy, yet we are relying on hostile nations who are going to do it in a less clean manner that we could do it here in the United States? Yes. And so one, one way of thinking of this is people are very clear that they want to destroy fossil fuels, and they're not serious at all about what would replace it. Because if you're the one in a replacement, you would actually look to, hey, is there anything on the market that can provably replace fossil fuels before you started talking about restricting them? But look at what Biden did. What's his first action? Is shutting down a pipeline. What's his second action on energy? Is, um, Is banning leasing on federal land. So notice that he destroyed America's ability to produce fossil fuels. But he did not do anything to replace fossil fuels effectively because he doesn't know because there isn't anything on the timetable he he claims that that he wants. But we still need the fossil fuel. So then what happens? He suddenly realizes that. And so now he's begging to every dictator around the world. Hey, can I have some more fossil fuel? And we're seeing this with Europe on an even greater scale because they've been, been even less wise than we have. Well, and Trump warned about that when he was president. I mean, I remember he gave the UN speech in 2018, and he specifically said that reliance on a single foreign supplier can leave a nation vulnerable to extortion and intimidation. He was also warning about Nord Stream 2 and warning Germany to not engage in that uh, with Russia. And now, you know, to your point, Europe's really struggling right now on this very issue because they ignored Trump and in- instead actually laughed in his face about all of this. Yeah, I definitely agreed with him uh, when he said that. There's actually there were actually quite a few good things in that speech that he gave, and it, it was it, it was ridiculed. Another aspect about the security thing, which again shows that the opponents of fossil fuels are, are not at all serious about energy, is that the alleged replacement for fossil fuels, which is unreliable solar and wind, which which is a terrible replacement for the foreseeable future for reasons we can discuss. But an obvious thing is the whole entire supply chain depends on China. It, particularly what's called the processing of the, the the raw mined materials. They do a lot of mining, but they do even more of the processing of raw materials. And so you have that entire thing where China can cut it off 
at a moment's notice. And yet China is in many ways hostile. It wants to be the dominant superpower by 2049. And we are talking about an energy future that is overwhelmingly controlled by China, which is, is totally different, say, than fossil fuels, which we can produce in very large quantities domestically and trade with a bunch of allies to get. So what can we do you know, today? If Biden wanted to, which obviously he doesn't because his intent is to drive us away from fossil fuels. I mean, his energy secretary, when asked about gas prices, says, if you know, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you. So clearly they want Americans. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, let's be honest. They want Americans to suffer because they want to push people towards this green agenda that they have. But let's say we live in a world where the president actually cares about the suffering of the American people, actually wants to drive down gas prices, energy prices. What can be done today to, to reduce that burden on so many people who are really struggling right now financially? I think it's, it's, it's very, very clear and simple and everyone wants to evade it because most of the people cause the problem. But the very simple thing is Congress, and I'm emphasizing Congress, you know, along with the president, they need to pass a bill that commits the government to stop destroying and threatening fossil fuel production, transportation, and investment in the United States. We have this concerted campaign to stop production, to stop transportation, to stop investment. And it really, we really need to have laws that, that say that we are going to be free to do this, that we reject the Paris Agreement, we reject net zero, we're, because as long as you have these threats, what's going to happen is the industry is rightly not going to invest as much as it otherwise would in production, because why would you invest in something that our government has openly said they're going to destroy? So this is the, the, the lie about Biden is that I mean, his, he claims he's not doing anything negatively to, to negatively affect the industry. That's a lie, one, because he's been participating in the movement for 15 plus years to restrict production, transport and investment in the stuff. But also his he ran on, I guarantee you, we will end fossil fuel. What do you think that does to the confidence of an industry. Investment happens based on confidence and future profitability. If you threaten the future profitability of the industry, uh, then it is not going to invest as much, nor should it invest as much, because it has a duty to its shareholders not to. So I, I talk to a lot of people in the oil industry. It's very simple. If they had a guaranteed stable environment where they could drill and explore and profit and not be not have the threat not have the threat of destruction by government. Of course, they would expand production. They want to make money and they want to produce energy for America and the world. You can look at states like California that have moved towards, you know, some of this green energy stuff. And they've had rolling blackouts and things like that, you know, and I, I believe their uh, prices have increased exponentially as well. Talk a little bit about California. Is that an accurate assessment? Uh, take us through that a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm. I live in California, so I've I've experienced this. In I'm sorry. I had two. Well, I, I, I <laughs> moved love to Florida. I, I love the. Uh, right. I love the the weather here, and I, I live in Laguna Beach, which is somewhat isolated from from some of this stuff. But yeah, I mean, I remember in in 2020, you know, I had two virtual events, which is part of how I make my living, and both of them had to be moved because of blackouts uh, here. So. What's going the, the basic thing to understand? So, so you were right about the basic summary, but the basic thing is we're trying to replace fossil fuels as well as nuclear and hydro, which are controllable, reliable sources of electricity. That means you can get them on demand when you need them and the quantities uh, that you need them. And so, so, what happens is we're trying to replace that with uncontrollable, unreliable solar and wind. Well, but if you have something that's unreliable and with solar and wind, they can go near zero at almost any time. What that means is you need a hundred percent reliable backup. 
So what that means is you have to pay for the 100% reliable grid plus the unreliable infrastructure on top of that. That puts pressure on prices. And so what people tend to do sometimes is that they, they will reduce the reliable electricity. So in California, we shut down a big nuclear plant. We shut down a bunch of natural gas plants. And I, I call this reliability chicken. We try to shut down as many reliable power plants as we can, have as much unreliable solar and wind as we can, and then we hope it doesn't get too hot it doesn't get too cold and the sun shines a lot. There's not too many clouds and the wind blows a lot. So it's really a primitive lifestyle, right? Where you're, you're kind of gambling on the weather. And part of how we survive in California with this arrangement is we import a lot of electricity from our more reliable neighbors. But there was a heat wave, wind died down, our neighbors wanted more of their electricity. And so we had statewide blackouts. But this is even more gonna happen in the future if our neighbors emulate us which they're starting to. So this whole scheme of unreliable solar and wind, these are right now are parasites on the broader grid that add cost. And when you try to reduce costs, they undercut reliability. And I, I think the exact same thing has happened in Texas. Taking a quick break, more on the case for fossil fuels with Alex Epstein. Stay with us. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them. Sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. 
All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. You know, and so the core argument to the left with alternative energy is that it's better for the environment, is it? So my background is philosophy. I don't like the term better for the environment because it's it's deliberately vague. Does it mean a better environment for, is it better for a human environment? Like, does it make the world a better place for human beings? Or is it better for an environment that has fewer human beings having less impact? So, so what I think of it is I want a world where human life is really good. I call this, you know, advancing human flourishing around the world. And by that standard, fossil fuels make the world a far better environment because they make us far more productive and prosperous. The world is a much more abundant and safe place. And it's also a lot cleaner, which people don't realize. But, you know, naturally say water is dirty and distant. You know, we make it clean and and nearby through purifying it and pumping it. You think about something even like air pollution. The places in the world with the worst air pollution are places that have indoor pollution from wood and animal dung because they have primitive fuels. And, and, and we know, and this is shown all throughout Fossil Future, is that we can reduce uh, emissions of standard air pollution dramatically while increasing use of fossil fuels dramatically. The United States has proven that this is doable. So basically, you cannot have a good environment for human beings, including a clean and safe environment, without a lot of fossil fuel. Now, the claim that you hear is, oh, well, it's destroying, quote, the climate. But as I mentioned before, fossil fuels help you protect yourself from climate. So and and we have very strong data on this because we've been burning fossil fuels for a long time. We have very good data on what's called climate related disaster deaths, the number of people who die from climate related disasters for the last hundred years. And we've seen that rate go down 98 percent which means that you are 150th as likely to die from a climate-related disaster, such as a drought, storm, flood, uh, wildfire, et cetera. So it's amazing. As I like to put it, fossil fuels haven't taken a safe climate and made it dangerous. They've taken a dangerous climate and made it safe. So you're saying AOC's prediction is wrong. Well, that's kind of the obvious thing, but she's, so the most interesting thing about that prediction, though, which I talk about in chapter four, is, you know, what she said was, Scientists are telling us the world is going to end in 12 years, and you're asking us about the price. It's something very close that, you know, you're talking about the price. And the idea is that, oh, the price of energy, who cares about that when we're talking about the livability of the planet, the future of the planet? But the point I make is the planet is not livable without low-cost, reliable energy, because then we have, if we don't have that, then we can't use machines. We have to use manual labor, and we have to live in nature. And I don't think AOC would want to be in one of the places that's using less, where the people use less electricity than one refrigerator of ours. Well, you know, also, I I get frustrated with, you know, they always say, well, the science is settled on this. The science is settled on this when they they push their, you know, religion and their agenda. But science is never settled. And, And I think what we saw particularly with you know, COVID is that we're lied to quite a bit as well. I have a couple of issues with the way that that term is is used, because I think that the first thing is, what do you mean by the science here? What's the allegedly scientific question that's settled? And what what happens is the the question, the question that is, quote, settled in any way, we can talk about how much, is the idea that human beings have some impact on climate, uh, primarily due to the 
CO2 emissions when we burn fossil fuels. And I do agree with that. But that has that that agreement insofar as it exists. So you could also argue, okay, well, it it could be wrong and, and you could argue that. But even if it is true, that doesn't mean that it's settled that we need to get rid of fossil fuels because it doesn't even say that the climate impacts are bad, let alone so bad that we should deprive billions of people of the benefits of fossil fuels. So this in philosophy that's called an equivocation, they're going from fossil fuels have some climate impacts that settled to we should rapidly get rid of fossil fuels and replace them with unreliable solar and wind, which is not remotely settled. And I would actually argue that it's settled that we shouldn't do that if you look at the facts, because the benefits of fossil fuels are so well known, so massive, and the potential negative side effects on climate can't be that bad because we're so good at mastering climate. And they're talking about oh, it's warmed one degree since the 1800s. And if it warms two degrees, the whole world is going to end. I mean, how could that possibly be possible, given that the world is amazingly better at one degree warmer? So you mentioned religion. There is really a primitive religious view that the earth is perfect without us and that everything we do ruins it. And that's part of why people think, oh, yeah, if it warms one more degree, the earth is going to be terrible. No, the earth has been has been uh, 14 degrees Celsius warmer before and life thrived. It's had 15 times more CO2 and life thrived. It's a different world. It's a more tropical world. But this idea that our impact is ruining the world, that's a primitive uh, anti-human religious view. It's not a it's not a scientific view. You're obviously you know, very passionate and knowledgeable about fossil fuels. What drew your interest in this originally? You know, when, when did you start sort of taking up this mission of making the case for fossil fuels to the public? So it started very unexpectedly about 15 years ago now. So my, my background is philosophy. So I'm really, hopefully this comes out, but I'm really obsessed with how do you think logically about issues? And I like to step back a lot and think about, hey, what are our thinking methods? Do they make sense? So does it make sense to only look at the negative side effects of fossil fuels? No. What are our assumptions? Are we assuming the earth is perfect without us? Is that a true assumption? No. What are our values? Is our goal to advance human flourishing on earth or is it to eliminate human impact on earth? So I think a lot about methods, assumptions, and values, which are all part of philosophy. And I I wrote about all sorts of issues, and I never found one that I really wanted to become an expert on. But energy really appealed to me because it's so fundamental, because energy is the industry that powers every other industry. It really is, or the technology that powers every other technology. So the decisions about it are so important. And pretty clear, pretty early became clear to me that our philosophy about energy is terrible, because it's really based on this terrible method of thinking of only looking at side effects. It has this totally false assumption that the earth is perfect without us. It's not focused on advancing human flourishing. And so I thought there was a tremendous opportunity to really re-educate the world from a pro-human perspective about the full benefits and side effects of fossil fuels. And you know, 15 years later, I finally achieved it with fossil future. It, it, it took a long time to really understand all of this, but Uh, I mean, not to say that I won't learn more, but I think I really have it all worked out now where it's obvious that we need more fossil fuels and that the anti-fossil fuel movement is really a a very deadly movement for the world and in particular for America's security. And how many jobs are tied to the fossil fuel industry? Well, you have different estimates. So sometimes you'll you'll see some trade associations say, well, there are nine million jobs indirectly. But I would say every job is tied to it because name a job that doesn't use machines. Uh, even directly, let alone indirectly, to produce the things that are part of that. So the, what machines are just amazing because they make human beings far more productive and prosperous. So every industry that we have 
depends on the ability to use machines to produce value. If energy becomes too expensive, you can't use machines, you default to more manual labor, or what often happens now is you just offshore it to China. So because they're using huge percentage of coal for their electricity, fossil fuels more broadly provide over 80% of their energy. And so, yeah, well, it's really scary. It's another reason it's scary for us to unilaterally stop using fossil fuels, because then our industry becomes uncompetitive. And then we have less and, you know, there are fewer job opportunities here and more and more of our economy depends on other places. But with us being, you know, us making ourselves less and less productive. So it's a very precarious situation, particularly because we're the world's superpower and our security not only depends on us, but the world's security depends on us. And the, one of the keys to security is a really, really powerful economy. And without low-cost, reliable energy, you cannot have that. Did anything surprise you in your research? Did you learn anything new in the process of writing the book? I learned a lot of stuff in the process. One, one thing I talk about at the beginning of it, which is just, um, the very beginning of it, is that I was a little bit out of the issue for a few years between the moral case and fossil future. And I actually expected that fossil future, that moral case wasn't as right as it was, because I thought, okay, for sure, given everything I'm hearing in the media, climate stuff must have gotten worse, considerably worse, and the ability to replace fossil fuels with solar and wind, maybe it's really happening. Like I was just, I was a little bit out of it and I was just following the media and it was so overwhelming that even I thought, oh yeah, maybe, maybe this is more right than I thought. And then I looked at it and then it, it turned out to be more wrong than I thought. And in particular, I had, a, I had a philosopher working with me and he really helped me think about these issues in a very pro-human way. And so one thing I noticed with, let's say, the climate issue is that I was too much assuming that CO2 was all bad, that us causing warming, and uh, I knew plant growth was good, but us causing warming was all bad. But when you look at the data, we have five times more cold-related deaths in the world than heat-related deaths. And if you look at the science, when the world warms, it warms more in colder regions than in warmer regions. So there's a lot of reasons to regard warming as desirable. And what this clued me in on was we really have this view that human impact is bad, and that view needs to be checked. And it's, it even existed some in me. So in Fossil Future, I think I'm much more consistent in having a pro-human view and not having any of the anti-human bias that's so easy to pick up in our culture. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with before we go? Yeah, I would say that the we're really at a tremendous point right now that is precarious, but there's also big opportunity because we have this energy crisis, which is getting worse. But the, the one silver lining of it is there is an educational opportunity because people can see that the establishment that's telling us, hey, stop investing in fossil fuels, stop producing them, stop transporting them. That is clearly leading to a lot of bad consequences. And we're experiencing that. People are experiencing that, of course, with gasoline prices, with electricity prices, with, with blackouts. So I think there's a new openness to, hey, maybe there's something wrong with this anti-fossil fuel movement. Um, and that leads to a, an openness to be educated. And so I would, I would, uh, Encourage people to check out Fossil Future. You can uh, you can pre-order it or just learn about it at Fossil Future. 
com and um, if you get it before I guess it comes out on May 24th if you get it before then there's a bunch of uh, additional resources that you'll get including people might be interested I have a really interesting conversation with the billionaire investor and futurist Peter Thiel as well as with Palmer Lucky who if people haven't heard of is an amazing guy he, he's a, he founded Oculus he sold it for billions of dollars to Facebook but most importantly he runs the most pro-America pro-technology defense company right now and he and I talk about what energy means for our, our country's security. So I'm really just trying to give the world this incredible energy re-education from a pro-human perspective. And I think the world is more open to it than ever. So if you're probably open to it if you're listening to the show, but even you might have friends who are more open to this kind of thing uh, than they would have been in the past. Well, Alex, I know I've learned a ton from you today. This has been a very fascinating and interesting conversation. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Everyone, Go out and get the book, Fossil Future. Alex, thanks so much. Appreciate your time. Anytime. Thank you. It was such an interesting conversation. I don't know about you, but I learned so much about fossil fuels. I wanted Alex to take us to school. He did. I learned so much. I want to thank you guys at home for listening. I also want to thank John Cassio, my producer. We work really hard to put this podcast together. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd really appreciate it if you go to Apple rate us five stars, leave us a review, and please share this podcast with your friends, your family, share it on social media. Any amplification is greatly appreciated. Thanks so much for listening to The Truth with Lisa Booth. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.